Welcome everybody to the Polynesian NFL recap. I'm Lance Falatongo. What's up, everybody? I'm Forrest Odalau. And here we are uh, recapping all the games from Week Nine of the NFL season. Forrest, how's the week, man? Oh, uh, actually, you know, it wasn't too bad. I mean, it's a little rainy, but uh, that's what you can expect when you live in the Pacific Northwest. So, yeah. But other than that, great week, man. Great week. Man, uh, I was out there moving uh, boxes, and it was raining. It was raining a lot. And, yeah, all the blessings all the blessings came down this week. All the blessings. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. You know? So we're going to uh, we're going to get into every NFL game that happened this week. On by we have the Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit Lions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Washington Football Game or the Washington Football Team. So we've got uh, fourteen games uh, to get to, not including tomorrow's Monday night game. Let's start with uh, the Bills losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Are the Bills in a spiral? Is Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer on the way up? How so? This is six to nine was the final score in this game, and the Buffalo Bills just looked like the, they weren't ready. Josh Allen took care of Josh Allen, uh, the quarterback Josh Allen, not able to get it done today. Lots of turnovers. Ugh. Yeah, there was a lot of. I mean, Josh Allen got an interception, a fumble recovery, and what a sack. And yeah, see. Yeah, you know, I mean, defensive end, defensive end, right? Defensive end, Josh defensive Allen for the end. Jacksonville Jaguars uh, showed up a lot, and on those uh, on those interceptions for the the turnovers, he would point to his name, and he's just like the yeah. real Josh the Allen, real Josh Allen. <laughs> oh no, the real Josh Allen. Jacksonville now two and six on the year. I mean, so I mean, if you look at the way they played, you can obviously see that they can actually be a really good team. Give them some time. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is still the real deal. Um, they they have a really good running back. I mean, and they're only going to get guys back soon, if not this season, next season. So they're going to be a solid team. I mean, they they are missing their number one wide receiver, DJ Shark. Um, but lots to be excited about in their defense. You know, that's what they were building uh, before they uh, drafted Lawrence. So. Yeah, uh, I don't think that I and and if you talking about Buffalo, I don't think they're in a spiral. I think they just came out flat today. Is all. Um, so much has happened uh, in the league, and I think and so much has happened during the week. Man, like stuff not even pertaining to the league, like uh, the Astro World concert. Oh um, man, yeah, yeah. I, uh, just there's a bunch of stuff. There was so much stuff, and then, um. I mean, we'll get to uh, the Raiders later, but the break situation, I think, uh, echoed throughout the league. I don't. I think it hit more of obviously hit more home with the Raiders, but I think the the feeling around the league is pretty. I don't know. I think the whole league was affected by it because it could have very well been your teammate or you, you know, mm-hmm. easily. So. Yeah, I think it was a really weird week for the NFL. So, uh, I don't know. Somebody's planet must be in retrograde. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> something's going on because a lot of things yeah. are going in a different direction right now. Right. Yeah, that right. rug situation is a uh, saddening. You think about like player potential, but like 
the end result of that intoxicated driving or DUI was someone lost their life. And two, you know, if, if you if you think about it, two people really lost their lives that day. You know what I mean? Well, three because uh, the dog is well, her pet. So, you know, but Henry Ruggs' life as he knew it pretty much ended that day as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's not going to play in the NFL anymore. He's most likely going to jail for a long time. Um, but you know what? You know what? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that as soon as we get to the Raiders. So, you know, I don't want to interrupt the games because, I mean, we'll touch on that a lot. Man, okay, right. We've got, yeah, we've got some discussion planned on that. But we're going to get through these uh, game recaps right now. Um Quarterback Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills, 31 of 47, 264 yards, two interceptions while passing. He looked not flustered, but he he wasn't able to stand in the pocket and, and deliver downfield to Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, eight targets, six catches, 85 yards, no touchdowns. No touchdowns for anyone on the, uh, the Buffalo Bills or no touchdowns or, in yeah. this game. <laughs> But you look at uh, Trevor Lawrence, 15 for 26, 118 yards, Not nothing magnificent. You have 21 carries for Carlos Hyde, who stepped in for the injured James Robinson, a game-time decision. 21 carries, 67 yards, nothing crazy. Dan Arnold, the leading receiver for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, that's the tight end, seven targets, four receptions, 60 yards. Really just a defensive, like a, a, like a defensive battle here. Right. And and the Jaguar is able to win this one at home. Oh man, that's a that's a little weird because the Buffalo Bills now five and three, and the Jackson Jaguar uh, Jacksonville Jaguars two and six. I mean that just proved our point that we were trying to make last week when we said that I mean if you score three points and the other team scores zero, you still you win. win. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, oh, so this was a this was a defense game. This was like a yeah. defense wins games as well as championships. Okay, yeah, because okay. I mean, Josh Allen did do Josh Allen numbers, but yeah, two hundred plus yards, you still get that means he was hitting people. They just couldn't finish. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, so we won't take away from the defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah, yeah, defense yeah. played a really great game. Not just Josh Allen, but he was the star though. He was the star. Um, all right, check on that one. Uh, quick recap of Thursday night. The New York Jets lost Mike White and the game uh, to the Indianapolis Colts 45-30 to as Jonathan Taylor went off 172 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Um, Michael Pittman also, you know, still back there with Carson Wentz, catching a lot of passes, putting in, uh, you know, a a lot of fantasy points as far as you know we're concerned right. uh but the jets the jets lose the backup quarterback and have to start josh johnson who threw for 317 yards and a couple of touchdowns so zach wilson the high draft pick for the jets is out the backup quarterback is out and now josh johnson is in uh new york jets check out for the season they're just uh going for another high draft pick Oh, I, I think they are. Um, and I think this year they're going to, um, if you'd like to believe all the NFL analysts, and I mean, some a lot of the times they're right. And I think it's, I think what they're saying is pretty spot on, but 
Um, they're going to draft another tackle, the big guy out of Alabama, to pair with uh, Becton. And then that'll be mm. the two biggest uh, tackles in the league together, both standing at about 6'8 apiece. Yeah. Uh, the tackle out of Bama's, I think right now he's uh, 6'8, 340. And uh, Becton is 6'8, 310, I think. If, and if you have both of those young guys as your offensive tackles, your right. quarterback play will slowly start to rise. I mean, you, you, you're you going to feel a lot more comfortable with two mountains, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, at the corners of each side of your line to protect you. And that's not just saying that it's because of their size, because both gentlemen are very well at what they do. I know the if they do draft the kid from Alabama, he's going to come in. He's going to be a rookie, but um, like I said, if you believe all the analysts, he's ready to play. So uh, I think their offensive weapons are pretty good. They got the uh, – the, they drafted the running back and the wide receiver. They really went offense this year in the draft. Um, but I think they, the, the guys they picked up uh, are pretty solid to, to grow with and um, build around, especially their quarterback, Zach Wilson, you know, give him some time. And then if, you know I mean? If anything, if he's not ready to come back next season early or right away, uh, their backups are pretty solid. You know, Mike White, before he got hurt, he had mm-hmm. that 405 yard game. Yeah. Like, and then uh, he came back, he, before he got hurt, the game he got hurt, he was leading. He led them in that uh, first drive to a scoring mm-hmm. uh, touchdown. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Some uh, something in his wrist. I don't know, like the muscle. He went snapped. to. He went to throw, and I think it hit um, Darius Leonard. I think it was like in the helmet or the yeah, hand. Yeah, in something? the helmet. His hand hit the helmet, and so uh, he was out. Man, with the coupled with the. Tennessee Titans win. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts now four and five in second place in the AFC South. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 19 carries, 172 yards. Wow. Two catches, 28 yards. I two mean, rushing touchdowns. He, he got like 76 of those yards on one rush. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then so 18 for 100. Right. I mean, but after so what's, that, what's scary is um, he was a little banged up, and so they were running uh, Hines a lot early. Oh, a lot, yeah. yeah. And so even his scoring run was—you were like, okay. So imagine them like to, Hines is just coming back. He was hurt a little bit, so he was—I um, don't know if they put him on IR, but he was hurt, so he was sitting for a few games. But now that he's back. Uh, Sheesh, that's scary to see those two in a backfield <laughs> together. Like, yeah, if your team has to face that, and just I mean, Jonathan Taylor alone is he'll eat your he'll eat your lineup. I don't care what people would say. That yep. fool is nice. And I mean, just he's got the I don't want to sound cliche, but the perfect blend of speed and and, and strength. Mm-hmm. So and then then they switch it up with Heinz, man, and both can catch out of the backfield. So pretty scary things. And they got Pittman. So yeah, they look good. They look good. The uh the Indianapolis Colts beat the New York 
Jets on Thursday, 45 to 30, uh, as Indians, Indianapolis takes that one. Uh, the Denver Broncos went into AT&T Stadium against the Dallas Cowboys and put up a 30-0 to lead to start the game before Dak Prescott scored two garbage touchdowns, garbage time touchdowns. They were not garbage touchdowns. They were very needed for some fantasy players. But the final score, Denver 30, Dallas 16. What? I mean, so I was watching parts of this game as I was watching my Raiders play. But, uh, I mean, there were so many times that Dallas could have made a run at it. Like, Dallas really could have won that game on so many uh, like plays. There was one where was it a kick they blocked? I think they blocked the kick, uh, and then it was caught by uh, Denver again. But I guess the rule is oh yep, it was touched by it was a change of position already. So and it, once it once it's touched by the opposing team and it travels past the line, line of scrimmage. Of it's well, so it was blocked, already. and then somebody yeah. again touched Denver it after it. the line oh, of scrimmage, okay. and, and so like it was it. one of those like live balls, and then yeah, right. Denver caught it and advanced yeah. it past the first down marker, so they were able to, or was it the first down? They were able to down. hold on to the ball, yeah, and, and, and keep going. They got another set of downs, so I mean there was a lot of stuff like that uh, uh, during the game, like wacky plays like that, uh, yeah. and. Dallas just couldn't – they couldn't capitalize on a lot of the stuff they were doing defensively because, I mean, um, Denver did all right on offense, but there was a lot of, like, these big plays that accounted for their win. Like, you know, they didn't really just – they didn't have, like, a methodical march up the field or mm-hmm. they, were, they weren't taking time off the clock. It was like they'd march, march, and then all of a sudden have, like, a 40-yard play, you know? Big chance. And then, yeah, just – and like – that Tim Patrick touchdown, I don't think anybody thought he was going to catch that. You know, he was, he was really covered. There was good coverage on that. Um, Tim Patrick came out and, and delivered, you know, four catches game. on five targets, 85 yards and a touchdown. He had a game. Jerry Judy led the Broncos with eight targets, uh, turned those into six, six catches for 69 yards. Of course, I have Cortland Sutton with two targets. What? And one oh, of those they, was on a, like a two point conversion. Yeah, uh, man, I think the most uh, the most impressive catch today was uh, was the fullback. Was oh, it? yep. Uh, and I think that was on third down, and that kept the drive alive. Uh, what's it? Uh, that's him right there, Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton, one reception for 40 yards. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure if you go on to any of these uh, sports sites, they'll probably have it because this guy, like, literally had to, like, twist and turn to catch the ball. Uh, he dove backwards for it, got it, first down, and it continued to drive. It was really big, and it was late in, like, the – I think it was late fourth quarter he kept the drive alive, and that kind of killed uh, Dallas's hopes of coming back. A hundred and ninety rushing yards for the Broncos between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Uh, oh, only man. only seventy eight for the for the Cowboys being down very quickly. So Dak Prescott finishes the day nineteen of thirty nine, two hundred thirty two yards, two t- These stats are irrelevant because they were down thirty to zero in the when fourth he started quarter. Getting, yeah, no, so yeah. that I don't I'm not even reading those. Teddy Bridgewater nineteen to twenty eight, two forty nine with a touchdown and a rushing touchdown. 
Teddy touchdown oh. in the mix, and the Broncos beat the Cowboys thirty to sixteen. The Broncos are now five and three, five and four, five and four. Look at that AFC five West: and five and three, five and three, five and four, five and four. It's it's a new season starting from week week ten. Right. The most like, impressive. Well, I think I think we are. Yeah, five. We're five yeah, and three. Five yeah, and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. The yeah. the most impressive five and four in there is the Chiefs. Seeing is that they <laughs> <laughs> like they're still playing horrible, and at the same time, like no, I don't think anybody expected them to be at that part of the list because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they were literally last though. Yeah. And, oh, yep. Yeah. yeah. Just last week, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it's weird to see, but it makes me happy. The Dallas Cowboys lead the NFC West at six and two. Uh, yeah, they, right. they look like they're going to be all right. Um, all right. Let's see. All right. So we also have the Cleveland Browns going oh off without uh, Odelio versus the Cincinnati Bengals, 41 to 16. Nick Chubb, 137 rushing yards uh, and two touchdowns on 14 carries. Baker Mayfield, 14 of 21, 218 yards and two touchdowns with a 132.6 passer rating. So I think you are, if, if you look at this the way I looked at it, um, you'll see two different sides of the spectrum for the Cleveland Browns and the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, with all the turmoil they're going through, they, once the John Gruden thing was done with, while they were dealing with it, they, they couldn't concentrate. They lost those two games. John Gruden was gone, and I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he uh, got was justified uh, when they cut him or fired him. But I'm, once he was gone, that distraction was gone. Mm-hmm. The, the Raiders they won a game. You know they were winning because mm-hmm. there was no distractions. Henry yeah, Ruggs, somebody on the sideline was like, "It, it feels calm." Josh, uh, uh, Josh Jacobs was like, "No one yelling." Yeah, no one yelling. So and then. And then all of a sudden, uh, the tragedy happened with the, the unfortunate tragedy happened with Henry Ruggs. Mm-hmm. And then uh, to piggyback off of that, uh, the very, very, very disappointing and immature Damon Arnett is in trouble now, too. Oh, you know damn. I mean? and, it, and not just... Uh, What's up with him? Well, we'll talk when we get to the race. Oh, game, but, okay. So he's in trouble now. So they're dealing with that. They lose this game. Very close game. Distraction. Cleveland stops messing around, couldn't trade OBJ, decided to cut their losses, cut OBJ. They don't have to worry about him anymore. Mm-hmm. Now look, just they destroyed Cincinnati today. And I was so sure that uh Jamar Chase was gonna have a game like. But uh yeah. 13 targets for Jamar Chase. He's I mean, he is Joe Burrow's favorite receiver. True. Joe Burrow's favorite receiver. So, Jamar Chase finishes with uh, only six catches on those 13 targets for 49 yards. T. Higgins, six catches, 78 yards on eight targets. Um, with Odell gone, I thought, you know, maybe Jarvis Landry would get uh, some more targets. He got five, which led the league or led the, the game for the Browns. Um but only three catches, 11 yards for him. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 
long touchdown catch, two catches, yeah. 86 yards is what he finished with on only three targets. I mean, now with uh, OBJ not there, he doesn't have to be. I think, I don't know if Baker Mayfield wasn't passing to him on purpose or they just didn't have chemistry. But now he doesn't have to worry about um, hurting OBJ's feelings. You know what I mean? Like, that's one less distraction for for yeah. Baker Mayfield. And now he can just go to whoever he wants. Granted, today's game, it was a lot more than just uh, Baker Mayfield being comfortable and taking over because he really didn't. I mean, he had a solid game, but uh, I think for the most part, it was Chubb that really – Chubb in the defense uh, is who shines today for the Browns. The uh, the Browns are 5-4. and four. The Bengals are now 5-4. and four. And then with uh, the Steelers playing on Monday night, we'll see how things shake out. But both of them, are, well, the rest of that division are trailing the Ravens uh, at six and two. And let's jump to the Ravens. The Ravens in an overtime thriller uh, versus the always late game uh, yes. Minnesota Vikings. Yes. And this one, let's see, this one, final score, Ravens 34 Vikings 31, Lamar Jackson all over this one, late, late-ish, but he uh, he definitely showed up and showed out. Lamar Jackson, the quarterback, with 120 rushing yards. On 21 Ooh. carries. <laughs> On 21 carries, 27 of 41, 20, 27 of 41 passing. What? That's, I mean, and 21 carries. That's the future of the league. You know, a guy who can uh, who can do it all at quarterback. He's still not the most polished passer, but I mean, he's a lot more than people were saying. Oh, he's just a he's a glorified running back. He's a lot more than that. Uh, the guy is amazing, and to have him on the field like that, you have to account for both his legs and his arm. So, yeah, I mean. If they can get their defense set, they're, they're going to – oh, man. They could be a dark horse in the playoffs. Um, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, 12 targets, nine catches, 116 yards. Still stretching the field. Um, but DuVernay, Rashad Bateman, some of the those other uh, Ravens receivers – Really, uh, really stand out plays, and they really uh, put their stamp on today's game. Watch Ten targets for Mark Andrews too. Yeah, watch out. Yeah, Mark Andrews, he's he's good. Watch out for Bateman. Bateman was really good at Minnesota. Um, he got hurt. He was hurt coming into the league, so he sat out um, the first part of the season. But uh, his junior, I think he also sat out his senior year. He didn't play because uh, of COVID. Uh, I think he wanted to sit that one out, but at Minnesota coming out, he was talked about his junior year. Like he was going to be the number one receiver taken. That's how good he was. Um, before hey, he Rashad drafted. Bateman. Yeah. 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 If you go back in uh, uh, people who don't, who aren't familiar with Bateman, uh, if they go back and listen to all the analysts, um, his junior year, like you would have thought he was the second coming of Randy Moss, the way they were talking about him. Um, but the kid's good. He's good. Uh, he proved it today. And he's just, uh, he's getting comfortable. And that's, you know, because he's just uh, three games in, I think, or two games back, something like that. Yeah. 
but as you can see, uh, he's starting to get comfortable, and he's making plays for for Baltimore at the exact time they need him to make plays this in the season. So they're going to be scary, scary, scary offensively. I think they're a little shaky on defense. Uh, it's my personal opinion. So if they can get that defense short up before playoffs, uh, they'll be good. For the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, 17-28, 187 yards, two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 17 carries for 110 yards. Uh, Cook also had three catches for 12 receiving yards. Justin Jefferson, five targets, three catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, you know, young receivers making explosive plays. What is a what are you looking for in in those receivers? Like what physical, mental, like game traits do they have that turn them into guys that can just get loose down the field for long scores? I mean, it's always going to be, I think the first thing a lot of guys are going to watch is route running. Because if you're not the fastest guy on the field or the biggest guy on the field, if you can run really crisp routes, you know I mean? You, you'll get open all day long. I mean, it may not be like 50 yards on the field like the burners, but if you can run um, really good routes, you're just it just makes you so much better um, at getting open. Mm-hmm. Without having without having the other physical traits that some of these natural athletes have, you know. How do you work on on route running? You just getting in and out of your breaks, like acceleration, like yes, cut. acceleration. It's little quick movements, uh, and just you got to practice your route running every day, making them almost second nature to you when you're running these routes. The movements you make, if if they're like second nature, you're not even thinking about running them. Um, and just running really crisp lines while you're running your your routes. And then we have the Ravens and Justin Tucker kicking a field goal in overtime for the win. And the Ravens are going to be at six and two again on top of the AFC North. The Vikings fall to three and five, and they're in the AFC North trailing the seven and two Green Bay Packers. Speaking of the Packers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers immunized but not vaccin- vaccinated. So not he missed he gets a COVID and or he's put into the COVID protocols. And because he's not vaccinated, he has to stay 10 days away from the team. So he misses the game. Jordan Love with a chance to shine in the absence of one of the GOAT quarterbacks. Jordan Love puts up a dud, man, in Green Bay in front of all the Packers fans. 13 to 7 is the final score. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs get a win in Lambeau. Oh, man. Like I was telling you before we got on, um, the Jordan Love's performance today is more than just about uh, what Jordan Love can do on the field. It's about um, him coming into the league and already being behind because Aaron Rodgers didn't want to, he didn't want to mentor him. And then you think about it, That's like, it's like deja vu. It's like when Aaron Rodgers came in. Granted, Aaron Rodgers, they didn't trade up to get Aaron Rodgers to replace um, Favre. He was there. You know right. what I mean? Fell to him. Yeah, he fell to them. And then they drafted him. So, but uh, 
Aaron Rodgers, and he was vocal about it. He wasn't hiding the fact that he felt some type of way when they drafted Jordan Love because they moved up to grab Jordan Love as the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what was said or how he was being treated at the time, but Aaron Rodgers took it as him already being replaced, I guess. And he didn't take well to it. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he wasn't mentoring um, Jordan Love the way he could have been. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he, uh, he he probably did a little, but not the way he could have been. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is his first actual did, game action. So, What did Brett Favre say when they, they were like, hey, are you going to like show the kid the ropes? He was like, that's not my job. Yeah, that is, <laughs> exactly. It's, and that's classic Brett Favre. That clip plays free in my head every time I see Aaron Rodgers. That's so funny. I mean, and if you think about it, if, if if guys are worried about Jordan Love taking over in Green Bay, Green Bay fans are worried. Don't be because, I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers had to go through the same thing, probably worse, because Brett Favre really didn't want anything to do with Aaron Rodgers. But uh, I think maybe Aaron Rodgers might have had it worse. And look at the way he came into the league and, you know. Um, so I don't think it's a panic that people are watching Jordan Love have that um, that type of game. Uh, oh, man. Right. I think they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers vaccinated as soon as possible. Man. <laughs> man. That's just uh, that's a controversy in its own. I mean, I'm pretty sure somewhere in a bar between New Jersey and Green Bay, Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers are having a beer right now and laughing about it. Oh, no. oh man, Jordan Love, 19 to 34, 190 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. QBR yeah. of the QBR. <laughs> Rating 50 is average, 27.5 for Jordan Love tonight. 14 targets to Devontae Adams, only completed six for 42. Devontae might have been looking a little frustrated on the field. You can't, are you keeping Devontae Adams with Jordan Love as your quarterback, or is he like asking to please don't do that? I'm going to leave. I think he's going to want to leave. Um, <laughs> and there's speculation that guys are going to want to play with quarterbacks that they're familiar with or even friends with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm not saying this because I'm a Raiders fan, but there's a lot of speculation that if he does leave, he'll he'll target the Raiders just because of his relationship with Derek Carr. Did they they went to school together? Fresno State. That was a uh, that was Devontae Adams' quarterback. They killed that mm-hmm. Fresno State. They killed that Fresno State. But at the same time, I mean. Uh, not the same time on Green Bay in the front office of Green Bay. There's no way that they're gonna want to let uh, Devonte Adams go if they're gonna have Jordan Love there. They're gonna need Devonte Adams to stay. You know, if they're if 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 they're yeah. not in full real uh, rebuild mode by the time uh, Jordan Love takes over, then yes, they're gonna want Devonte Adams to stay because he brings stability to the offense. If Aaron Rodgers is to leave. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers is out they gave running back Aaron Jones 12 carries for 53 yards like you said threw to Devontae 14 times out of 32 total out of 34 total passes 
they threw it to Devontae 14 times, only able to do six for 42. Alan Lazard turned one target into a 20-yard touchdown reception. Not it's seven points over four quarters, definitely not what they're used to at Lambeau. No. And you also have on the other side, Patrick Mahomes had a regular game. He had 20 for 37, 166 yards, a passing touchdown. His QB, QB rating wasn't even that much better than uh yeah. Than Jordan Love, honestly. Super like below 50 and pretty basic. Very basic. What is what is going on with Patrick Mahomes? Is he just like biding his time until the superpowers return? I, you know what? It's hard to say because they're pretty much almost the same team except for their offensive line that they had mm. when they went. And their defense right now is just getting even more exposed. They weren't that good to begin with, even when they went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they did all right today, yeah. Against Jordan Love, of course. <laughs> they would have lost this game if Aaron Rodgers played. I I wholeheartedly believe so. Yeah. I do. Really? Very is a basic game for the Chiefs. Daryl Williams, 19 car- plotting along, 19 carries, 70 yards. Let's see, some of the big names, Travis Kelsey, eight targets, five receptions, 68 yards and a touchdown. Tyree Kill, 11 targets, only four catches for 37 yards. Mm-hmm. Are they? It's, it's, it's weird because, right, you have one of the greatest quarterbacks one of the greatest receiving tight ends one of the fastest receivers in league history and it's just not clicking is it so you say it's a young young offensive line young Mahomes, offensive line Mahomes is not getting the same time not getting the same like set in the pocket he's on the move more he's not completing as many passes so like everyone's kind of suffering from that offensive line not giving him as much time as he was no, used to. yeah and because of that, also, I'm pretty sure Patrick Mahomes is taking a lot on, a lot more responsibility on than he should. He, he, I've never seen him force so many throws. I mean, yeah. Uh, and then you look at his uh, the interceptions that he has. Is I think in this season alone, he's has more interceptions than he has his whole career. You know, if you put it against it in this one season. Dang, so, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, and they they still don't have. A solid uh, running game. I mean, Hilaire's out. Um, the Le'Veon Bell experiment didn't work for them. Uh, man, I don't. When, when was the last time they had like a really good, consistent runner? Uh, Jamal Charles, right? Priest Holmes. Yeah, so, Jamal Charles. Yeah. I mean, Jamal Charles was anything right like catching oh passes and yeah. stuff Jamal Charles was amazing the Chiefs now five and four <clears throat> and with all the tiebreakers and stuff now third in the AFC West while the Packers uh remain seven and two and on top of the AFC North let's go to another AFC West a game the Los Angeles Chargers uh Last second field goal versus the Philadelphia Eagles and end up winning twenty-seven to twenty-four. 
A Dope. win's a win. <laughs> I'll take it. The Chargers exactly. now five and three in the AFC West. The Eagles now second place in the uh, NFC East at three and six. Man, Jalen Hurts is a bad man. Devontae Smith, that's a very good receiver. Like, people are talking about he's not big, he's not tall, he's not going to be able to, you know, challenge at the, the point of the catch. He was wide open at the point of the catch so yeah. many times today. Like, no one was able to keep up with him. His cuts, just his comebacks, his, like, crossers. He was getting separation, and Jalen Hurts was putting it on him. Um, the rookie finished with uh, 116 receiving yards. Nice. So we were talking about um, route running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you watch Devontae Smith, he's just an excellent route runner. Like you said, coming out of the breaks, his stopping goes, you know, the comebacks he was doing, they just, I mean – and to top that off, he's also very fast. So he's very yeah. quick. He's very fast and a really great route runner. So he has just every tool you want to as a receiver to get open like he does. Um, and then, Jay, yeah, Jalen Hurts, is, I, I, he's a really good quarterback. I don't, I don't like that a lot of Philly fans themselves and other guys just keep they, – they, they're literally talking about drafting a quarterback – in the draft, uh, oh, they're not they're not for the Jalen Hurts era. No, they're, you know, no, they're, a lot of people are thinking that he's just a bridge quarterback, and I don't think so. I think I think I think he can be a franchise quarterback for them. I think he does a lot of uh, a lot of Lamar Jackson things, uh, and I think he just has like how people were talking about what Jamal, um, Jamal. Sorry, uh, about what's his name? Yeah, see, look at that quarterback oh, rating. I mean. Jalen Hurts quarterback rating on 11 of 17 for 162 yards and a touchdown. QBR 91.9 out of 100. Passer rating 115.3. Yeah, so the Eagles, I think after the first drive, the Eagles were like, oh, yeah, we're playing the Chargers, and they can't stop the run for shit. 39 team carries. Yeah, 39 carries for the Eagles, 176 rushing yards. Two rushing touchdowns, a four and a half yard average per carry. And Jordan Howard, 17 carries. Jalen Hurts, 10 carries. Boston Scott, 10 carries. They were definitely trying to run the ball against a, the last place rushing yards defense <laughs> in the NFL. And it was working for so long, and they almost got away with it. Yeah. A hey, shout out to Jordan Howard for being back in the league. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Jordan Howard's been biding his time behind. I mean, when did they draft Miles Sanders? Jordan yeah. Howard was with the Chicago Bears before that. And he was yeah. like, Yeah. And was he with the Miami Dolphins? Jordan Howard's just like, yeah. I and can he, be a running back. And he's always been the Chargers. He, he, he was really good in Chicago. He wasn't that bad in Philly either when he first uh, was with Philly. And then now that uh, they just brought him up from the practice squad, um, they're going to need him. Um, he's a really big back. So I think he's, he'll blend well with uh, with Gainwell and Scott. The Philadelphia receiving day today, like I said, they were pushing the run. So these numbers aren't too surprising, but 
Devontae Smith, six targets, five catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard, six targets, three catches, 43 yards. Quez Watkins, three targets, two catches, nine yards. Jalen Rager, one target, one catch for minus six. There were only four targeted Eagles players today. Smith, Goddard, Watkins, and one to Rager. And you look at the other side of the stats, and it was a lot more spread out. And like yeah, You had 13 targets. Cool. You had 13 targets to Keenan Allen who finished the day with 12 catches for 104 yards. Sticky hands for the vet. But you also had throws to Mike Williams, Jared Cook, Donald Parham, Steven Anderson. Lots of tight end action uh, today for the Chargers versus the Eagles. Uh, Eckler out of the backfield, Palmer on the side, Guyton on the side. Kelly even got uh, a yeah. target. So a lot more he's, spread he's out. Back got targeted too, so. That's big. I mean. And and then that's just the contrast between the two quarterbacks, you know. Mm. So Justin Herbert's a really good, really good passer. Uh, not to say that Jalen Hurts isn't, but I think it's safe to say that Justin Herbert is a better passer than uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Um, Chawler stands up. It just feels like he stands up there and he throws down. Yeah, like from a higher back. from a higher release point, and it just feels yeah. like it's a lot safer uh, when throws are exiting a really congested pocket. Right, like you feel like the overhand from a six six guy can get over a bunch of outstretched uh, D lineman hands. Whereas with Jalen Hurts, he's what not six foot, and usually on the run. So yeah. he's able to get outside of the pocket to make some some clean throws, but I like having Justin Herbert as a quarterback for the NFL team that I root for. Thirty two of thirty eight, three hundred fifty six yards, two touchdowns, and even a rushing touchdown. Finished nice. with a QBR of ninety three point two and a passer rating of one twenty three point two. Good game for Justin Herbert today. And the and the Chargers come out with a much needed W versus a feisty Philly team. Right. Philly's always played hard. Every every game they played, they played hard. You know, they're not pushovers, even though the record or maybe some yeah. of the scores of the games, they're a tough team to play. All right. In another afternoon game in the NFC West, the Cardinals and 49ers in San Francisco, Cardinals 31. Niners 17. No <laughs> Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins. Doesn't really matter. No. no. But the Cardinals are now 8-1. So the Cardinals have played games without their coach, without some of their coordinators. They've played games without J.J. Watt. They've played games now without Kyler Murray, without DeAndre Hopkins. They're continuing to win. They're now 8-1, leading the, uh, man, the NFL and the NFC West. Yeah. Are they, what is what is the secret behind the Cardinals? Are they just better than everyone? I know, uh, <laughs> I, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Raiders fan, but they're better than Frisco. I can tell you that, uh, <laughs> and not not just because like the, yes, of course, because of their roster, but also because uh, there's no there's no controversy there, like. They know who their quarterback's going to be every Sunday. Well, obviously, uh, Kyler Murray didn't play today, but they know that, you know what I mean, Kyler Murray is going to be their quarterback. He's their quarterback. Um, And there's there's no controversy that they have to deal with there. 
uh, as opposed to San Francisco, where they were literally uh, trying a dual threat uh, uh, approach in the beginning of, well, from from preseason and then the beginning of the season. Uh, there's no consistency at the quarterback uh, position for them. I know Garoppolo's there. Everybody, there's people who are behind him. I mean, they spent so much money on getting him. But then there's a lot of people clamoring for uh, Trey Lance. He's not ready either. So, and they've also been hit by injury. It seems like every year they catch a really bad break due to injuries, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. James, uh, James Conner decided to go uh go off for three touchdowns james connor 13 yard run touchdown james connor one yard run touchdown james connor 45 yard pass from colt mccoy touchdown okay so yeah if you had james connor in fantasy today you probably had a really good game or if you had him he's probably sitting on your bench oh no <laughs> No, I'm just like he hasn't had games like that. And everybody knows that Chase Edmond has been leading the way for mm-hmm. um for Arizona. So I don't know if too many people started he, he must have got hurt and maybe Edmonds, yeah. yeah. One for because three. James Conner ended up with 21 carries, 96 yards, and five catches, 77 yards. Wow, 173 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns. Woo! Yeah, nice stat line. Though. That's a uh, yeah. Uh, on the other side, rushing the ball, the Niners uh, had Elijah Mitchell, and that's about it. Eight carries, thirty-six yards. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, twenty-eight of forty, two touchdowns, one interception. George Kittle, right? Like, welcome back. So welcome back, great, George Kittle. Th- I thought, just looking at the the box score after this spread between Samuel's Ayuk and Kittle, uh, getting uh. Nine targets, eight targets, and eight targets. That's pretty good, you know, distribution. If you look at that and you're thinking to yourself why there wasn't more touchdowns, you know, because that's a really good uh, variety of people catching the ball, you know. I totally dropped Brandon Ayuk this week. (laughs) I think, don't worry, it makes you feel better. I know a lot of people who play fantasy football dropped Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Brandon Ayuk on those eight targets, six catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. George Kittle on eight targets, six catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. So, yeah, welcome back, George Kittle, who has been out since National Tight Ends Day for almost a month. Maybe yeah, almost almost whole month. But, uh, man, now I'm trying to figure out what happened to Brandon Ayuk. Uh, <laughs> oh, he might still be on the – you know what? Nobody wants him. We'll see uh, – <laughs> what what did the what do the Niners do here? They're three and five. They just lost to the Arizona Cardinals, who are eight and one. What's the what's the play for the rest of the season? There's nine games left. You win those nine games, you're twelve and five. But like realistically, what are you thinking as the Niners right now? Three and five on the season, zero oh and four at home. Start developing young players, and uh, I'm not talking Trey Lance because I mean Garoppolo still gives you the best chance of winning. I think. Um, and Trey Lance is just going to have to really soak everything in right now. And I think uh, you use the rest of the season to teach a lot of these younger players um, 
so that way they're ready for next season. And I'm not saying to just already. I'm not saying for them to just give up. But moving on. Yeah, if, just, just move on, man. Just develop your young guys right now. All right, let's uh, I'm gonna, let's bust through some of these. The Dolphins, Jacoby Brissett, Tua's out, Tua's out, but the Dolphins get the win in Miami versus the Texans. Two of my out for a little bit longer because I think it's a fractured finger oh, he has on his throwing hand. So, but the Dolphins get the win, seventeen to nine versus the Houston Texans. Tyrod Taylor in there for Houston, two hundred forty yards, three interceptions, and it just doesn't look like uh, they were able to overcome. Is there anybody on the Texans that you would uh, trade for in fantasy? Uh, Brandon Cooks, of course. Brandon Cooks. Oh, Brandon Cooks getting. I'm see yeah. now. I'm gonna jump yeah. into the stats. Brandon Cooks got a bunch of targets. Yeah, it's like 12, Brandon, 14? He's the <clears throat> he's the best player on the team. Not just the best wide receiver. He's the best player on the team. So, thirteen targets, six catches, fifty six yards. I'm saying if you get the ball thrown to you three times a quarter. The yeah. good things are gonna happen, right? Yeah. And usually they do. It's just like. Against that defense, maybe is just having the no, but he's had so many off days. I've been talking trash about Brandon Cooks for so long in <laughs> fantasy. Like good, right, great, super fast, you know, hands in the pocket when they're in like a defensive pocket, and he can find the ball if you put it on him. But also, it doesn't translate always to to like production on the on the box score on the stat sheet. No. He- he does a six lot catches, of the things, 56 yards. Yeah, he does a lot of the things that you don't see, uh, and he does them well. Like, he, he blocks. He's smaller, but he blocks. He runs routes. He takes um, attention away from a lot of the other receivers just because he's Brandon Cooks. And he's really – he's short-handed, you know? Yeah. He's, he's got good hands. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think in the right offense – he, I mean, he's already the best player on that team, but in the right offense, you'd see why uh, a lot of the teams, when they traded for other people, they always try to have, include Brandon Cooks in the deal just because they know how, because, you know, I'm not. That's me saying that he's been traded a lot. Yes. <laughs> it's like he's always, he's got the potential to unlock an offense, but it's always the next offense. It's not the that, one that so that's, he's in. That's what I'm saying. And that's and that's what a lot of teams are looking at. I think they they see all that potential and they're like, you know what? Go ahead and uh, throw Brandon Cooks in there, like he's like a candy bar or something. Like, uh, <laughs> give me the give me those two bags of Doritos and one Brandon Cook. Cooks. And what? Yeah, let me get one of those Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins win that one, seventeen to nine. Let's go to the NFC South, where the uh, Falcons visited the Saints in New Orleans. And we're able to come away with a last-second field goal as time expired. 27 to 25, Falcons win over the Saints. Matt Ryan, 343 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, two touchdowns to Olamide Zacchaeus, who is uh, looks like he's going to be the new Calvin Ridley, or at least uh, soaking up those targets. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought it was... Uh, wow, well, frozen. Who do they have besides... Ridley, uh, did they still have Gage? Yeah, Russell um, Gage was out there. Yeah. yeah, so I think guys like that, but I mean, it's it's a show me it's a show me type of league. 
like show me what you can do now. And uh, that dude's obviously showing, showing out. Like it's his turn. It's you want to play in, in any professional league when you're called upon to do something, you know, when it's your time and you're called upon, go out there and do what you're called upon to do. And that's what he's doing. Young so. way, uh, young way, cool with the game winner. As my internet freezes, um, Trevor Simeon and uh, Taysom Hill, or Trevor Simeon in the backfield. Taysom Hill got a couple of uh, got a couple of throws. Um, but yeah, the Falcons get the division win, twenty seven over the Saints, twenty five. <clears throat> All right, so. Uh, Again, in the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers hosting the New England Patriots. Patriots are going to win this one 24-6. Sam Darnold getting getting jacked. Oh, man. Uh, He was just slinging that ball all over the field today and not getting the results that uh, him and his team won. (laughs) He's throwing it to the Patriots. Three times, in fact. Um, yeah. it, well, he, maybe he's friends with one of those guys. I don't know. <laughs> Sam no, Darnold. Uh, oh, Christian McCaffrey back. For the return of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, not bad for a game coming back. 14 uh, carries, 52 yards. But I think uh, he's going to have to get back. Like when he was first in there, people really feared him. So it, it, it gave, um, what's his name? Sam Darnold. It gave, yeah. It gave Sam Darnold uh like I don't know if it's just the confidence, but uh oh it, it took the pressure off of him, a lot of the mm-hmm. pressure off of him. Mm-hmm. And so I think McCaffrey's gonna have to work his way back into that, you know, coming back from because he's still Christian McCaffrey. Um once he works his way back into the offense and on the field, I think they're gonna start winning games again consistently. I mean, I don't. I think they still need a tight end on offense, and uh, probably show up their defensive line. But the Panthers, I, I, yeah, I, I think I think they'll be okay once McCaffrey um, warms up. I guess, I yeah. guess assimilated to into, back into the league. That's all they're missing. DJ Moore, seven targets, three catches, thirty-two yards. Garbage. Very garbage. Not just for the league itself, but for fantasy too. <laughs> Trade that man. Uh, Mac Jones, 12 of 18, 139 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, New England rushed uh, 15 times with Damon Harris for 30 yards and a touchdown. Also 10 times with Ramondre Stevenson uh, for 62 yards. And then uh, looking like a West Coast check down kind of passing attack for Mac Jones and the Patriots. Uh, lots of running backs, tight ends in the uh, in the receiving stat line. Nice. Uh, big uh, – right here, fumble recovery by this man for the Panthers. Frankie Lou was out Frankie there Lou, in the backfield. Just, no, like you said, man. Like Every game. What he's – the work that he's doing – yeah. is allowing him to do things on the field, and that's going to give him more time, more opportunities on the field, and that's just yes. going to lead to more production, uh, like coming up, having a nose for the football and, and recovering it and, and getting a really 
short field for the offense. Uh, and it's not his fault that the offense couldn't convert or turn it into points. But shout <laughs> out, uh, shout out to boy, Frankie Luvu out there making uh, making plays. Making plays. I, I was just talking to his brother, Junior, and we were talking about Frankie too. We were talking same thing we're talking about now. Is that uh, he's just consistent in every game. You gonna make a play, you know. Just it, it'll get you noticed, uh, and it'll get you more time on the field that you obviously deserve. Because you know Frankie's just working hard to stick with the Panthers. You know, um, not that he's in any danger of getting cut or anything. Uh, but he could that, like build a yeah, you know, like a career, like yeah. be the guy that the the Panthers count on to you know, right. rush and to keep that line of scrimmage yeah. and put pressure on the quarterback and to make plays, man. Get out there. Do your thing. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Love, Exciting times. Love to good see it. Him. Yeah, good for him. The uh, the New England Patriots now half a game behind the Buffalo Bills at five and four. Bills are five and three. And then you got the, uh, the Panthers, who unfortunately take the loss and are now four and five and at the bottom of the NFC South for the time being. Let's go uh, Sunday night football before we go to the Raiders. Sunday night football, the Tennessee Titans at SoFi Stadium. What a great venue. Mm-hmm. Um, the Titans defense comes in and puts them ahead. And they, they end up winning 28-16. to 16. A couple of late scores uh, for the Rams. But uh, this one was 21-3 to three at halftime. I think a lot of people sleep on uh, the people that those guys have, like their personnel. Um, the, the Titans? Yeah, like uh, – no, sorry, not the Titans, but the uh... – The Rams. <laughs> yeah, the Rams. Uh, like – Right now, I know people are looking at this loss and they're just like, oh, you guys got all those people over there. Like, how'd you lose this game? I think they're getting ready for uh, the push at the end of the season. They're really, really getting ready to compete for a Super Bowl towards the end of the season. Mm -hmm. So I think a loss like this is just maybe not all their personnel is uh, on the same page at the moment. Uh, one they get they, once Von Miller gets onto the field and he's comfortable, oh, yeah. that defense is going to be so scary. Oh my gosh! Um, again, another distraction. He would him, him himself, not so much of a distraction, but um, they were able to uh finalize uh cutting um Deshaun Jackson, who was making some noise off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he made some comments some time ago about uh something about nazis i can't remember but wait who Deshaun? yeah yeah uh what? exactly uh it wasn't anything big he apologized for it too uh people were complaining because it didn't seem like it was a sincere apology but I mean, hey, if you get an apology take it if you're looking for a sincere one uh i hope you have a blanket because not too many people you know what i mean especially Deshaun jackson I don't think he's going to hope you have a blanket. Yes. Yeah, so, Cause it's going to be a cold day in hell before someone's going to be like, you know, they, like they care that you think yeah, it's not sincere. I mean, yeah. You got an apology. Just accept it. Take it. <clears throat> the uh, Tennessee Titans put up 21 points in the second quarter 
Uh, Tannehill to tight end Jeff Swain for two yards. They had a 24-yard interception by Kevin Byard, who played the out route for Robert Woods perfectly uh, and got a short INT uh, touchdown and then a Ryan Tannehill plunge uh, just outside the two-minute mark. No no Derrick Henry, right? No, so now, now they're going to have to play more like a team. Not that they weren't a team before Derrick Henry, but mm. – they don't have to. They don't have him to rely on anymore so heavily. So everybody's gonna have to just be uh, at one percent at least better at their job than they were before Derrick Henry went down. The Tennessee Titans are on a five-game win streak. What percentage of that is Ryan Tannehill? Two. <laughs> I am not going back on my word. The, the defense showed up today. Tannehill did some short yardage things, handed it off uh, enough times. I'm trying to see. So Adrian Peterson was in there, not a great. He got a touchdown late, but a touchdown late. this wasn't this wasn't a super offensive 28 no. point game. This was turnovers and defense and good field uh, position. So and well, yeah, 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 great, yeah, great field position. Yeah. So the Titans and the Rams both now seven and two. Uh, the Rams are second place, a game behind the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, the Titans are on top of the AFC South by three games. So uh, you, they've got some room to kind of figure things out because Derrick Henry is not going to be back, you know, un- unless they're like in the deep playoffs. There's a chance that he comes back or end of season. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's going to be the Jeremy McMichaels, Adrian Peterson show. And I mean, it's going to be, they're going to be better for it because then they're going to know who they can rely on when they don't have Derrick Henry. So, yeah. They're, they're trying to rely on this Tannehill guy. And yeah, they're on a five game win streak. So let's see. Uh, Let's see how that ends up. All right. Let's get let's get into it. <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders travel to New Jersey to uh, play the New York Giants. Final score, Giants 23, Raiders 16. What happened today and why? I mean, so first, the onfield issues. Uh, it, no one to take the top off of that defense. Um, so a lot of people are, are going to say that, well, you have, you still have good receivers. Yes, you do, but everything is being kept like right in front of their DBs. Um, they don't have, like New York didn't have to worry about rugs running past everybody. You know, they could have kept, they kept everything in front of them. Um, even the interception, it looked like Zay Jones had a step on his guy, but also I think, um, New York baited, uh, car into throwing that because they watched the film mm. and knew that um when the safety comes up he changes his plays and they got him on it and they just they, they need a deep threat that's that's what their offense is if they can have someone to it's what their offense is built around uh having that deep threat so that you can get the ball to guys like waller uh you know, not so far down the field as Ruggs. Get the ball to guys like uh, Edwards and Renfro. You know, use them 
because right now they're just everybody can concentrate just key in on on Waller because they don't have that deep threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the running game got was all right today. Josh Jacobs kind of looked like himself, but he was also hobbling on the field a little bit. So maybe he has some kind of lingering um thing, uh injury. Kenyon Drake in there a lot. And so I'm and look at his so I mean why didn't you run him a little bit longer, you know, or, or a little bit more? He was Drake. averaging seven and a half on the ground. You know? Yeah. With so, a long of 21 today. You're saying if give Drake a couple more runs so that Josh Jacobs isn't so banged up? I think he should go run heavy now. I mean, it'll help just like how we were talking about Ruggs taking the, the top off of defense. Um, I think having two running backs is going to allow you to um, – spread the the ball around even more because now if they don't have to concentrate on rugs, you're still going to have to concentrate on the two running backs in the backfield, getting your defense up. Maybe, maybe this was game script, but Kenyon Drake, eight targets, Alec Engle, three targets, Josh Jacobs, four targets, Jalen Richard, three targets. So they were targeting, you know, backfield guys. A yeah. Ton. Uh, that's just how good. New York did their uh, scouting mm. report, and they were they were they were allowing those throws that were under. You know, they didn't allow anything down the field. Yeah, like, yeah. So the Raiders, uh, their offense, like I said, um, it's the reason they went after Antonio Brown when they did mm-hmm. and signed him because they know that that one deep threat opens up their whole offense. Um leaving like Waller. Waller can get open. He gets his, you know, he gets looks when he's covered. He knows how to get open. He's a good route runner. But, I mean, Henry Ruggs made his life so much easier because it took away from having to double team. Mm -hmm. Because people had to back up for that speed. Yeah. So now um, they don't have that. And like I just said, their offense needs that deep threat to – Operate did that they the way they want the offense to operate. Mm-hmm. So, and then of course the off-field issues. It it's tough, man. Um, it just seems like the Raiders can't get out of their own way right now. They started the season off with uh, John Gruden, um, his controversy, and then ultimately him getting let go from from the team. That was distracting. Um. But you saw how uh, firing John Gruden, they were able to concentrate more on the games. They didn't have that drama anymore around them. And they went out and they won that game. And like we were talking, Josh Jacobs said that he's never been on that sideline. It's never been any more calmer than it was that day. No, so no did yelling, it feel no so swearing. anxious? Yeah. People weren't on edge because they were afraid to uh, upset John Gruden. And now they have a uh, Kenyon Drake, which is, I mean, I don't know if it's sadder than what happened with Gruden, but I know they're feeling it a lot more now because one, the loss of life, two, the loss of a teammate and uh, and a brother to them, and just so many people having their own opinion on it and, and telling the Raiders what they should do about it, who they should get to to replace um, 
why did why don't they cut Arnett? Arnett also their cornerback, David Arnett. What happened? Uh, what happened with Arnett? So he got into this accident. Uh, I forgot when, uh, but it was a season, and he um, allegedly evaded the, the the scene of the crime, and tried to have his friends that were in the car take the fall for it, and uh, the lady suing him because for damages, obviously because uh, she said that he caused the accident. Mm-hmm. And so um, come to find out he was on his way to practice and his excuse for driving recklessly was that he was trying to make practice on time. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so the lady who was suing Darren Arnett is also suing the Las Vegas Raiders because oh, she says ultimately as he speed, if he's trying to get to, to, the Raiders practice. practice. Yeah. And that means at the time of the accident, he's legally employed by the team because he's on his way. So it's a lot, man. Um, it's a lot. Is it, and, is it the location or is it because they're in it's, the uh, adult entertainment capital of the world? Definitely. Long- it's definitely going to be part of it, but it's also the person, man, like Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs is the environment. I think is his part because he's never been in trouble before. Not to say that doesn't make a, a person a good person, but I mean, I mean, you know. so you look at some of the Raiders like Darren Waller and Max Crosby and their right. like sobriety stories, sobriety and, and being able to do that in Vegas. It, yeah, doing that in Vegas with the NFL team like yeah. the Raiders in Vegas. So yeah. there's yeah, it's not always. You know, anybody in Vegas. Well, <clears throat> maybe people, maybe players of a franchise that is in Vegas have, you know, are more likely to be drinking or 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 things that, that happen with drinking, like drinking and driving. Right. Um, but you also see that there are people that that doesn't affect them like they don't drink or they know when to call a, a ride or they know when to uh call a lift or something or call somebody to come and pick them up so not everybody that plays for a vegas team is out driving drunk no, and crashing no. right so but these stories as the the stories and the accounts start to kind of build up and you see okay there's like there's two or there's three of the same thing. What so what happens? Do like the Raiders aren't allowed to drink during the season, or what? What kind of rule can be put into place? Even how? Like how do you stop? How do you keep the tragedy that had ha- that has happened with rugs this week from ever happening again? Keep telling his story hmm. every season. You know, uh, just like Nick Saban said, the one thing that uh, he can take away from it, the positive, is that now he can use Henry Ruggs as a precautionary tale to people who are leaving Alabama now, you know? And I think same thing with the Raiders. You're going to come into uh, practice every day. And um, according to Mr. Davis, they're not going to abandon Ruggs. Yes, he was released. That's obviously a business move. Uh, why would you keep him on the roster when he's not going to play for you anymore? And there's no telling when he, he's going to be free mm-hmm. uh, to come back and play. So you move him, but 
Um, if you're to believe uh, Mr. Davis, is that they're going to take care of Ruggs, which is what he needs. He needs, uh, Derek Carr said he needs to be loved. That's, mm-hmm. He needs people to surround him and show him that, yes, it was just it was such a tragic mistake, such a tragic mistake, but it's not going to define who he is because I know right now he's probably feeling just horrible, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Like his actions resulted in the loss of life. Like he's got to deal with that for the rest of his life. And then not only that, like, so that's the most important thing is that he's got to understand that it took someone's life, Mm -hmm. you know, his actions. Yeah. His actions took someone's life. And then he's got to deal with him not only taking that life, but he's got to think of how disappointing uh, it is to his family who was counting on him, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, I guess, be the breadwinner. And now just the still, like you said, the potential he had, like you can see, man, he, he was about to be a pretty good receiver. You can't tell how good, but you can tell he was, he was coming around. He had a rough first year, and this year he did the things in the offseason that, you know, that make you better. And he was looking a lot, a lot better. So now he has to deal with um, the loss of life and then throwing his away, you know, his whole career, his whole life that mm-hmm. he had worked towards. And then people are also saying that um, his best friend, he lost to a, a drunk driving incident. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, when they were kids. And so there's a lot going on in Vegas. And it's it's a lot more than just on the field issues. But the off-field issues are seeping in to the on-field issues. And they're mixing. And it's making just – it's hard to – it's hard to be in just football mode at the moment for – the Las Vegas Raiders, because there's so much going on outside of the football field. So the Raiders now five and three, still towards the top of the AFC West. Right. It's going to be, uh, yeah, there's still, with all this tragedy and the drama, both on and off the field, <clears throat> there's another half of the season to play. Like Derek Carr was like, yo, this is wild. I have to go and play football right now. Like all this is happening around me with like my brothers and my teammates and we have to go play a game and try to win and think about winning a championship this year while we're dealing with life. Yeah. And like people are, I think that could resonate with a lot of people, you know, trying to do your job and then also dealing with life. Right. And and the responsibilities that you, you have, you know, that are you were held to and and things that, you know, just happen in, in everyday life where you have to, well, that sucks. This person passed away or this person lost their job or this part, like, life goes on and you, it doesn't stop. It doesn't. Even when lives are lost, life does not stop. No. It, we have to continue and carry on. And like Derek Carr was saying, it feels wild that like it feels insensitive or like disrespectful, but it's 
the the engine is continuing to move. Right. Yeah. Let's. Yeah, that's a that's kind of like a life thing now, where everyone <laughs> everyone's like, yeah, shit happens, and now we have to pick up and keep moving on. But it at the at the risk of sounding insensitive, you have to continue because it's right? a business. It's just... Yeah, yeah, especially in the NFL, it's millions of dollars. And now it's yeah. like 75 people's playing careers and 30 staff careers. And it's fans and betting and <clears throat> contracts with sponsors. So, yeah, the engine of the NFL will continue, even though these calamities, these tragedies yeah. continue well, I- to happen. And so I want to know like how this can affect a team because it's, you're not just dealing with the stuff on the field. There's also, you know, just the locker room between players. Like what are they saying to each other about the season? Are they just like, are they starting to check out or are they starting to lock in and talking about your, you as your career as a coach, You've. How do you plan like your your pep talks, or your when your your team is going through something, and you've you've got to be the coach that steers the ship and kind of writes the way. Do you like find the the captain and have them do it? Are you like talking to your team and uh, emphasizing certain things, certain protocols, like the methods? Like, what do you, uh, what would you do in this situation if you were the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders? Like, you've lost John Gruden. Uh, Henry Ruggs is no longer on the team. The The locker room is having to deal with this turmoil, this change. You've just lost to the New York Giants, and you're on a plane ride back home to Vegas getting ready to host the Kansas city chiefs on Sunday night. Um, what is, what does coach Forrest say? Well, one, I mean, it, for me, it'd be a lot easier because uh, it was never a business for me. Yes. You used to have to win games. I coached high school and uh, like, uh, uh, I guess the equivalent to like AAU teams, I guess, back home in American Samoa. But if you're in a profession, and also the national teams and yeah. international play. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yes, those teams too, also. <laughs> but uh, uh, if, if professional sports is different, mm-hmm. um, first and foremost, you're going to have to tell these guys that um, you still have a job to do. You're still going to have to wake up. You're going to have to come to practice. Um, you still have games to win. You're still a contender, despite what people are saying. Uh, even the loss you just took, uh, you're still in a very good place to be a contender in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you, st- you have to let these guys know that they still have to come and show up on the business side of things. You're a professional. You're getting paid to play. You know, you can't just check out because uh, regular people go to work every day with problems that they have at home. They don't get paid millions of dollars to, to 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 do what they do, but they they have the same struggles. They go to work. Um, I mean, for instance, uh, the parents of 
uh, Tina Tintor, the, the, the young lady who was, whose life was taken, they still have to get up every day and live life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, they have a, another son or another child, a son. Um, I know they're both older. They had older kids. So they still have to wake up. And, and of course, nothing's going to be the same for them ever again. Uh, and that the tragedy and the loss hits a little bit more close to home than everybody else on the team because they're, that's their daughter. Henry Ruggs isn't anybody's son or actual brother on the team, but uh, it's still it's still the same. They have to get up and you tell them that they're, they're going to have to come together and be, you're going to have to keep working. They can't, like you said, they can't just check out. There's, there's still a whole, like you said, nine games left. Is it nine? Mm-hmm. They still have nine games left. Oh, 16. Yeah, 17. 17 yeah. games, 18 weeks. Uh, they're still in a very, they're still in a good place to, to, to make the playoffs. Um, they're going to have to get over it. But then also as a coach, you're going to have to let them know also that uh, you're there for them. Like mm-hmm. if, if anything, they should be coming together even more now. Um, and then you don't want to tell them to start playing or winning games for, for rugs. But you want to tell them that they got to be better for rugs and for everybody else who's watching. You know, there's a lot of people right now who are bashing rugs. Uh, they, they just, um, in our day and age, they cancel culture. Mm. They, want, they want to cancel Henry Ruggs. And it's not just people who don't root for the Raiders or, you know, people who want to see the Raiders do bad as a team. They have Raider fans who are just like, Henry Ruggs is this really horrible person. And we were talking earlier, and the fact that he has never gotten in trouble doesn't make him a good guy. But if, for all accounts, he's he's still the, he's a kid. For Christ's sake, he's still just so young. And you're going to tell your team that he needs them to he needs them to be strong too because the things he's going through right now, his mindset is just, must be just like, I can't even imagine what he's thinking about himself right now. You know, just the weight of the, the, the weight that he's carrying on his shoulders right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve all of this. You do something and the consequences come, you're going to have to face the consequences. Yeah. No matter what, if people are going to be talking about you, you're going to have to face that too. Because as a coach, you're just going to have to let these guys know that um, after you tell them about the football side, you know, that they still need to come to work, do their job. And also on the football side, none of anything else is not going to be tolerated. No, you know, nothing else. Another, Which is another reason I think that they should cut Damon Arnett because just such a distraction. So like everything they and his troubles are just none of them are football related either. You know, none of them are football related. Yeah, maybe he was rushing to practice, but like obviously you should have been at practice earlier then. You know, you know, be a professional. That's what I'm trying to say. You're gonna t- tell your team that it's time to be professionals. 
no matter what's happening outside of the football field, when it comes to the football field, you're going to have to be professionals. You're still going to have to come to work and you're still going to have to perform no matter what. That's, that's your job. That's your job. That's what you get paid to do. And then you like, you're going to have to tell them though, that you're always going to be there for them uh, no matter what. And they have to be there for each other. Um, if they want, they don't have to play for Henry Ruggs, you know, but they're going to have to play to, to, to show him that they still show support and they're just going to have to play for each other. If they don't win another game, but they still out there playing for each other, you know, just that's fine. Cause we're talking about something more than the football and you have to let them know that there's more than just the game. Uh, there's still life to live, mm. you know, but more than anything, they're just going to have to come together um, and heal together most likely. And then there's just so much more than that going on with the rugs, Arnett, um, Gruden, and then you had uh, Nassib when he came out. And then, you know, you don't know if he's comfortable anymore after hearing the things that John Gruden has been saying. You know, he's also got to be thinking, like, how many people in the league think the same way? Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot. There's I'm a pretty lot. sure gay NFL players – know how other NFL teams, players, offices kind of feel. Like I'm sure oh, that yeah. toxic masculinity is like it's it's the one I, it's gonna I, be less now, right? Like people are more accepting and understanding like how like yeah, I'll, some I'll other person being gay is oh isn't gonna like spread to you. Like don't be weird. <laughs> Do you think so, it's infectious? So so this is the thing too like that's also pretty scary because John Gruden put himself out there and as the person that was accepting about it, if you hear him talk about a lot of the stuff, like he sounds so like um, forward moving in, in his thinking uh, and accepting of everything. But then behind closed doors, you have these emails, mm. you know, that's the scary part for, for people like that. It's the reason why there's uh... only one open football player, one openly gay football player. In the National Football League, because it's just easier for them to stay closeted and not right. take that kind of discrimination from their locker room, their coaching staff, other people. Right. And behind closed doors, no. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they hang out with people, and you know, uh, and a joke comes out. Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, a little joke, or when you're on the football field, I'm pretty sure you hear on the football field, they must be calling each other like the most worst names you mm -hmm. could ever think of. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of these guys grew up with like, like uh, like me and Noah and a couple of our other friends, we talk about how we don't use the F word anymore, mm. you know, which is faggot. Um, but growing up, you heard everybody say it, like everybody would just use it like yeah openly. it meant more like punk true true but you also yeah. knew the meaning of where it came from and so now now I that you know <laughs> man look okay, okay you, this is a bad even if you, oh, so no 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 it's a good example i was gonna say example. uh have you ever seen the louis ck bit 
No, I have. Yeah, I know. What That's how about. I. This is like, if I saw two guys with each other, I wouldn't think that. But if one of them started being like a little, <laughs> then I would think that. It's like, oh and so, okay, like like stuff like that, like when when they had comedy bits like that, or the word was so. Like it wasn't, it wasn't prevalent. Like, people said it, and it was just a lot of the times, like you just said, because people didn't understand what the word was or how it made other people feel. Mm-hmm. It was, it was just like a, it was like it was almost like saying "shut up" to a lot of kids. You know, you especially as kids, you go out there, you didn't understand what it really meant. All you thought it meant was maybe that person's being a little more feminine than they were supposed to be. Uh, but once you knew. The meaning the of the word, yeah, everything that goes behind that word, mm-hmm. like it's it's almost like, like we don't even think about it anymore. We, I would never dare use that word anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I have, I have uh, uh, siblings who are part of the LBGTQ community, mm-hmm. and now that I'm grown and I think about it, you know, as as there's just. Like I, I can't imagine how they felt when, when I was younger and I used those words or those mm-hmm. terms. They're like, oh man. You know, you think about it now. It's That's like, my brother. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, and so like Carl Nassib, I'm pretty sure he's, well, he's super brave, man, because in a sport too where uh, masculinity almost comes for everything. Imagine the things that he he heard before he came out, you know, mm-hmm. and for him to still be brave enough to come out. So I mean, that's there's just so much going on with the Las Vegas Raiders right now. Um, to make it sure, I, I went through that whole long explanation of what I tell my team is. Right now, I'm just telling my team to, um, other than the business side of the the the, the game or the game itself is that everybody's going to have to come together right now and mm-hmm. um, stay together, stay together, lift each other up. Um, just, yeah. I think it shows nobody, nobody in the world is perfect. No. Right. Everyone's yeah. got their, their struggles, their demons, their faults. Right. Henry Ruggs is going to have to deal with the consequences of the actions of driving drunk and killing someone. Right. And he, he's going to face those consequences, but I'd loved what Derek Carr said, man. Yes. He like, yes, people, he needs people to love him right now. And if nobody else will do it, he'll do it. He'll do it. And because it's, it's gotta be hard to like g- genuinely care about, Henry Ruggs, if you're thinking like, oh, this guy is an irresponsible, you know, and intoxicant that killed someone. I don't want to like really use any of my emotional capacity to love a millionaire gone wild. Right. But and that's the idea everybody's putting out about it. Right. Everyone's without yeah. even knowing him. Mm-hmm. So also, you're saying this is a. This is a. I feel like some of these, some of the reports kind of show that this was like a really crazy night, and whether that was the norm for him, 
will tell a lot of things, but if you're saying, you know, Henry Ruggs has been clean and a good teammate, like since he's been with the Raiders and this is a one-off, then definitely it's good that he has teammates like Derek Carr who are going to be right. there, you know, even though they're not teammates anymore. And he's going to show him not he's I like what he said. He's like, I'm not going to show you guys, but he's yeah, going to he, know I'm, I'm going to be there for him. And because, uh, yeah, Jesus loved drunks and prostitutes and like sinners. If you go back and, and look at every disciple before they became a disciple, mm. like he really went through the gutter to get these guys to be, to be his followers. You know, and that, I mean, I know we're straying away from what we do as football, but you know what I mean? That if, if Jesus can go out there and and, and uh, find these guys, these 12 dudes who were like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Regular dudes, rough dudes, and they turn into people who follow. Do you uh, do you know if the if rugs or the Raiders um, are contacting the deceased family or like reaching out to them? I know the organization has, mm-hmm. uh, but at, at all reports is are like the family, the parents themselves. The brother is the one doing all the uh, the handling of everything. I guess media stuff. And talking to people, putting out the statements for the family, uh, the 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 son, and the lawyer of the young lady's parents. What's her name? Uh, Tina Tintor. R.I.P. Tina. Yeah. I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot more than just just the organization reaching out to them too. I know mm-hmm. uh, the NFL has to do something as well. Um, and I'm pretty sure the players are uh, reaching out too. I have to imagine that someone representing Henry Ruggs is also probably gonna probably try to put forth some money for like yeah, yeah. I mean to help with stuff. It's, it's it was so sudden, so tragic. Um, there's no real yeah you can't really do anything to yeah like place someone's life nothing there's nothing there's nothing that people are going to be able to do organization wise mm-hmm. uh henry Ruggs himself um to to bring back this young lady or to to have her family be like oh well that's cool thank you we're okay now you know, it's, right right it's, right there's nothing there's nothing there's how do nothing. you uh if you were in charge of the Raiders, uh, like you were the head coach, is there anything you can do, like team rule wise? Like, are you implementing no drinking? I think no driving. I think like, yeah, like you have to have I, a Raider chauffeur or something from now on. I think well, from now on, especially, I know a lot of teams used to implement um, team rules like that, especially mm-hmm. like during the season, obviously. Yeah. Um. Uh, then, like people also coming down on Henry Ruggs, like, like everybody. Henry Ruggs is not the only person that goes out, uh, drinking and driving in the NFL. He's mm-hmm. just the unfortunate soul that this tragedy happened to. So, uh, the league has a number that you can call NFLPA. That no matter what city you're in, if you call that number, um, they have rides for you if you can't drive. If you're out on the town, they implemented mm-hmm. that policy for this very reason. 
So if now if you're going to have to make it mandatory, I mean, these are grown men. It's hard to tell grown men certain things what to do. I mean, but like you can tell the precautionary tale that. No. And, and so even that, though, there's always going to be a few guys in the league who think they're invincible. And I imagine Henry Ruggs felt that a little bit, you know what I mean? Uh, 22 years old, money that, like, oh my gosh. So, Yo, so okay, money. so the wherever he was at that got him that drunk Top twice. Golf. What? Top golf. Oh, man. They said he was at a Top Golf. They so that location needs to like, right? It's gonna get investigated. It's gonna get like checked out by the liquor board or something. I'm sure because you was, can't let the guy yeah. walk out. But like as also, security guards, we couldn't let drug people. Too. So right. he's used with his girlfriend, and I mean, so even that, you got to question whether or not she was drunk too, or maybe that was her whole reason for being out. Maybe she was his uh, DD, and. Being a couple like that, you know I me, mean? your drunk boyfriend, your drunk girlfriend's like, I can drive, that's my car. You know, sometimes some of these people are just, you know, they're not thinking, Man. they just want to avoid the argument and be like, you know what? Okay, fine, drive your car. Don't, don't just, drive drunk. No, please don't. No, not at all. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Not, not at all. Not, not even the slightest bit. It's not worth it. I know so many drunk driving, like driving accidents that were caused by like yeah. drinking or Easy being way. intoxicated or falling asleep because you're drunk. Easily avoided by accepting a, a, a ride by someone yeah. or, you know, mm-hmm. easily avoided, easily avoided. And I mean, me and, me and everybody that I hang around with, it's always just, it's not just me, but so... <laughs> But my phone is always on at night. I know a lot of people, when they go to sleep at night, they turn their ringers off, you know, mm-hmm. or put it on silent. But mine is never because uh, I tell my guys, you know what I mean? Uh, even people who I'm not close to, like if you're out somewhere and you know that you're just too drunk to drive home, or even if you're not driving, if you made it somewhere and now you're too drunk to, like, make it home good without mm-hmm. without anybody, you know, call me i'll come i'll come pick you up it doesn't matter where you are uh how late it is i'd rather like the like the meme you read or or the the quotes you read on facebook and and uh and instagram i'd rather get the call to come pick you up from where you're at mm-hmm. than the call to come see you in the hospital mm-hmm. or to come identify your body at the car crash you know yeah yeah so yeah, it's there's just so many things you can do to avoid that situation. And the risk that that situation entails. Yeah. That, like you could not only could you run your car off of the road, but you can do crazy stuff and injure and kill other people. Yeah, like not just it's you. not just you. Not just you. You could literally turn your car into like a 156 mile an hour projectile into somebody else's. And exactly. It's, and then you have to live with that because you survive, right? And now you have to, you have survived because 
at least you're not dead. But so you now a lot of people will tell you that maybe <clears throat> it's the people who do uh, pass away in those accidents might be better off than the ones that live. Because if you live, you got to wake up every day no. remembering the things that you've done. Yeah, I would rather be alive. Oh, of and, course. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not and, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather. Yeah, that's. What, look, so we're about so Henry Ruggs has money, and we'll see how much jail time he can avoid, because lawyers are expensive and not everyone yeah. has access to them, and he's going to be able to hopefully protect, you know, his assets so that he can, him and his family that uh, they can continue right. on. There's just people that are counting on him, and hopefully, he can he can continue to provide for them from after this. I feel like you should be good though, right? Like if you made you made it to the league and you got a big check. Well, we don't know what he's been spending his money on. <laughs> I mean right. As long as your spending hasn't yeah, like no, yeah. it's, super it's, yeah. grows with And just like stuff. just like any other job, I think uh, the league has um programs that uh help families too who have been struck by tragedies like this. Like, you know, yeah. sudden tragedies like this. So Something needs to happen. Um, yeah, but uh, please do not drink and drive. If you need a ride, call Forrest. He will yes. be there for you. Call me. <laughs> if you have my number, call me too. Um, yeah, but the Raiders and are going to have to... They're going to have to... Turn it around, pick it up, get things yeah. going from this spot at this point in the season to finish out the year. Right, Uh Another, just like everybody says, it's gut check time. You know, mm. now you're gonna see what you're really made of, and now you're gonna see um, who you can count on you know, on the team, and not just like to, uh, on the field, uh, but who you can really count on, like count on, count on, like do life. The, the, so a lot of a lot of things are gonna be said after this in the organization about. Uh, looking out for each other and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So now they're just gonna have to go out there and prove it. Let's. Uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what happens. The Raiders second in the AFC West. The New York Giants are in the NFC East and now three and six, tied with the Philadelphia Eagles for second. Uh, Monday Night Football is Bears at Steelers. Steelers are a seven-point favorite versus the visiting Bears, Justin Fields, Allen Robinson. And David Montgomery is supposed to play tomorrow night versus Ben Roethlisberger, Najee Harris, uh, Claypool, and Deontay Johnson, who should play Steelers by seven. But who do you got in this game? Uh, You know what? Uh, Dark Horse, I like the Bears. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think Justin Fields is going to have a breakout game, not a breakout where he's going to be a star the rest of the year or into next season, but a breakout game where we're going to see um, what Justin Fields is going to be like the rest of his career. Like, you know, what he can be. I think uh, Justin Fields has a good game. Uh, He's been developing since – what was the last game he played? I think two games ago is when you really started to see him. Like, I, I also think it's part of the coaching staff um, implementing plays that are better suited for uh, Justin Fields. 
than Andy Dalton. And I think that was the problem uh, at first when they stuck uh, Fields in there mm. and replaced him, replaced Dalton. Was I think the playbook was set up for Dalton to uh, to succeed, and so you put Fields in there, who's a totally different quarterback in the way he works. And I think you see that's why you're seeing a lot of rollouts now or draws. You know, I mean, he's able to use his feet a lot more to create um, and not just get yards with them, run downfield, but he's able to use his feet to create uh, better passing lanes for him and his receivers. The Justin Fields is going to have to go against TJ Watt. Uh, the Bears are without Khalil Mack and are going to be without uh, safety Eddie Jackson. So, man, I don't know. I think the Bears aren't going to lose by more than seven, and they have a chance to win, like you said. So I'll, I'll oh, yeah. take the Bears as well. Yeah. Bears plus seven. Um, and, yeah, and Justin I'll Fields, take hopefully that. he goes up. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll check in next week and see uh, see how our picks do. Oh, I was thinking maybe we could, like, have 10,000 play dollars, right, and then we can just bet some games. I like that. And then see what, at the end of the year – uh, things would go. If you took the Bears outright, uh, they would be two and a half. Uh, so if you put a hundred dollars on them, you would win two fifty plus your money back. Yeah. Uh, the spread would be just even whatever you bet, uh, and then plus or minus however many points. And then the over under is thirty nine. Over or under. Mm. Like nineteen to twenty. No, let's see. 32, 16. So that, that says 16 to 23 16 to Steelers is like the the uh, Vegas pick. Over. I think it's going to be over. Over it's with the Bears. Winning. Over with the Bears winning. Woo! Get it. That's we'll the see. only way they're going to win is if they go over this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see, uh, let's see how things go. Any uh, shout outs? Any big things coming up this week? Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to first uh, to Noah Smith, whose birthday is on Wednesday. Hey. Uh, yep. Is it Wednesday? No, sorry, Thursday. Thursday. Eleven, eleven. Um, yep. Shut and up. then uh, uh, Will's birthday is on uh, Wednesday. Will 11, McCoy. Eleven ten. Yeah. Oh. Right. Is it like a so. big birthday bash? Uh no, well Will's Will's I think Will's got some stuff planned for the weekend. Uh I think they were planning to have something over at uh, uh not the district, but uh I forgot where. But we'll see. I I, I haven't talked to them about it. I'm pretty sure we're all gonna go be at, at dinner somewhere mm-hmm. together. Obviously we'll we'll invite you, don't worry. Um but <laughs> we haven't really talked about it. I know some you know something always happens. And so, uh, shout out yeah, to the birthday boys. Yeah, shout out to the birthday boys. Uh, young guys, man, young is over there. So, um, shout out to them. Will, who's at work, Noah, who's at home right now. Um, yeah, man, to to many, many, many more years, uh, great years to the both of them. Um, uh, shout outs. That's all I got right now, man. Nice. Um, man, shout out to uh, everybody out there grinding. Amen. And just, and just out there 
living your best life, doing right. your oh, job, contributing. Shout said, out what? to uh, shout out to our uh, sponsor Nevasa, just putting out their new colorways for uh, just in time for Christmas. Oh man, those holiday those yeah, holiday man. edition. That green sweater goes hard. Uh, With the Christmas lights on the tree. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Yeah. And with it, yeah, eggs. Uh, check out levasaislandapparel.com for the updated 2021 holiday editions for yeah, all your favorite uh, Levasa apparel pieces. Yeah, get fitted for Christmas with Levasa. Let's go. Yeah, catch the wave. Uh, man, shout out to uh, everybody for listening in. Appreciate uh Appreciate you guys. Appreciate man. the ears and the listens. Yeah. Uh, let us know. Leave a comment. Uh, any new segments or, you know, anything else we need to be doing. Let it, let us know. Give us some feedback. Yes. Know where we're at, where we're going. But right. we're going to be here uh, another Sunday recap coming to you next week for week ten here on Polynesian Sports. I'm Lance Falatomo. And I'm Forrest Ola. Thanks for listening. Peace. show as always sponsored by levasaislandapparel.com for gear that represents the south pacific island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly put on for the culture catch the wave at levasaislandapparel.com